Hey everyone, this is Chris. This is Steve. And you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today we are rejoined by the always awesome Pastor Stephen Lambert. Steve? You said that. <laughs> I know. Listen, man. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um... Yeah, you threw me off my game. Yeah, we are rejoined by Steve, clearly. Um, Steve, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. A little tired today, but I'm doing okay. Awesome. How, how are you, Chris? I am <laughs> I am doing all right. Also a little tired. I have not been uh, been sleeping the best, but I have an adorable sleeping puppy on my foot, so that, that part's happy. Um, and Steve, we're, we're joined at a good time with you. You're about to take a bit of a, a sabbatical, yeah? That's right. Yeah. Going away... Well, I'm taking six weeks of sabbatical from work to rest and connect with God and do all those kinds of things. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm at, my church lets me do that. It is fantastic that your church lets you do First that. First time I've ever done it before, so. I, I hope it's wonderful for you, sir. Thanks, man. Uh, so, Steve, what are we talking about today? Uh, the plan today was to get a little bit philosophical, theological, a little bit in-depth about stuff that people probably shouldn't get in-depth about. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, was Thanos right? And we're going to talk about, um, you know, his portrayal in Avengers Infinity War was actually kind of that of a hero's journey. He was, cons- like, you know, I mean, he, spoilers, wins at the end of Infinity yeah. War. Um, well, he get, we know there's, there's going to be a follow up, but he he gets his hero shot smiling at the sunrise. Yeah, and 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 he he's definitely one of the most sympathetic um, uh, he- uh, villains that we've seen so far from Marvel. And he has a uh, <laughs> you almost said hero. Yeah, I did. Uh, he has a uh, you know some interesting philosophy behind why what he does, why he does. He doesn't just do it because hey, he's evil or because you know he's trying to. Um, take over Tony Stark's business or yeah. you know whatever like he he's got a some reasoning behind it so uh, well, I just wanted to chat about that for a bit. He, he would definitely he definitely was the answer to like the nine times out of ten Marvel villain criticism where it's like I'm a bad guy so I do bad guy things I must conquer because mm-hmm. I want to conquer for conquering sake because I'm a bad guy doing bad guy things well Marvel's done a, I think in general a better job of that in the past four or so movies I mean, yeah you got Killmonger uh, you got Vulture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Hela was still sort of like, I do bad guy things because I'm a bad guy, but she had some legitimate beef well, with, with Odin as well, right? And even with that, though, they, like, I think they ingrained it in her character more where it's like, okay, I can understand the motivation where Odin... <laughs> her motivation is she's the goddess of death. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and where Odin was like, she got, she enjoyed, essentially she enjoyed it too much. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, okay, I can now buy this where it's not like a... I must conquer because I'm yeah. a conqueror kind of thing. So, yeah, Thanos, they, they flushed out. And I think I even saw he had the most screen time out of anyone in Infinity War. There was a thing sense. on there was a thing on Nine Gag where it broke down all the characters' screen times. Cap only had something like eight minutes. Falcon had two and a half minutes of screen time. Yeah. Which when I saw that, I was like, that's weird. But then when I thought about it afterwards, I'm like, that actually averages. Because when he shows up, it's brief group shots. It's a, yeah. a word or a f- line here. Thanos is featured heavily. It's just spread out yeah, over a two and a half hour it's movie. story. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, so if you've seen the movie, you know that his um, MO, what he's trying to do is wipe out half the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, before he started collecting the Infinity Stones, he would do that planet by planet where he'd go invade a planet 
and then just killed half the population and leave. Yeah. And his his purpose that he succeeds in in this movie is to collect the Infinity Stones so that he'll have ultimate power and be able to wipe out the half of the universe literally with a snap of his fingers. Yeah. Um, and he does that. And, and uh, yeah. So. You know, it sounds like, you know, you don't get much more evil than that. He's just sort of wantonly wantonly killing. Um, but then it gets into why he's doing that, and yeah. that's where things get a little bit interesting. Well, yeah, because his whole thing is, uh, like, life unchecked would result in the end of life because there are finite resources in the universe, and life in, the, in a definable way isn't finite because it's just ever-growing, ever-expanding. Yes, yeah. there's death, but still, you species keep growing, recreating, expanding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those resources won't last. And we see that sort of concretely in his story where he, he talks about his planet of Titan that was going through that crisis of mm-hmm. running out of resources, and he, he suggested, uh, you know, dispassionately and and fairly selecting randomly half the population to yeah. die. So the other not half not just the lower class or a middle class or an upper class, like yeah, erbotic. Uh, and uh, and and they didn't listen to him because obviously that sounds crazy, and uh, who would listen to that? But it's genocide. His whole, his whole planet uh, died as a result of that. And then um, you know you, you see also in Gamora's story where he rescues her from from there. I guess rescue isn't the right word, but takes her out of that situation and then raises him her as his uh, heavily abused daughter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it talks about, you know, you went to bed every night hungry and people suffered and now everyone who's left has enough resources and they're happy. Yeah. Uh, and so it's his, a, it's a paradise now. Yeah. His, his intention is to be merciful through eradicating uh, people. And I mean, it, it's in a way, well, his whole idea of the mercy of their death even where it's like it's death that's not merciful but the way they go could be debated as merciful where it's with the exception of Mm spider-man in that movie you see it coming quick where it's just this quick feeling and it's not even like someone's in overwhelming agony they're just like something's very wrong and then they're gone well and even before he had the infinity gauntlet he was not torturing people, right? No. I mean, his whole thing is death is better than suffering. Yeah. Right? That's sort of his his philosophy um, as well. And so he he sees a quick death as mercy. And that's sort of what Ebony Ma is kind of his like religious leader, pope kind of guy. <laughs> going around preaching this, this false gospel. I uh, listened to another, uh, another podcast called Pop Culture Quorum Dio. And they nicknamed Ebony Ma. Uh, they were like, he reminded me of John Piper a lot in his mannerisms. So now upon repeat of viewings, I think it's with the hand motions. Yeah, John Piper's hand motions are bigger, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've just been like, oh, I kind of see it a little bit. And Don't call him Piper. Don't he's, call he's, him He's Piper. a lot more uh, excited about what he's preaching about. This guy was kind of um, <laughs> chill about it. But, yeah. No, but, so, I mean, um, yeah, his, his going around and sort of preaching mercy uh, as this is better than the suffering of life. You know, death is death is good, and those who are, are, are left will uh, fare better as a result. Um, and, he, and he kind of saw himself as the only one strong enough yeah. to make those hard decisions for the better betterment of the universe. Um, Which is, you get that in the scene where you see um, young Gamora potentially in the, in the soul stone, 
mm-hmm. where she asks him, was it worth it? Like, what do you have to sacrifice? Everything. Was it worth it? And he's like, yes. And then even when he killed Gamora as a sacrifice for the soul stone, he's like, dude's crying. Dude, they, Mantis is later like, he's in agony. Mm-hmm. But he felt so convicted that I need to do this for the betterment of everyone. Yeah. I've seen some, some people complaining about, you know, this is... This is normalizing abuse and all this kind of stuff but I, mean, I think the point of it is you're not supposed to really feel bad for Thanos no uh, but you're supposed to understand that he he's not just this megalomaniacal however you say that Megal- word megalomaniacal yeah. dang it now crazy I guy who, uh, <laughs> well and that sounds like Porky Pig crazy anyway he's not just this crazy guy who, who is just wants to kill for the sake yeah. of killing. He has this idea in his head, well, the twisted though it is, of, of the greatest. He, he's not a he's not a carnage, or a a villain of like yeah. that where it's just like killing for killing's sake. And that's where it's like I don't know if I'd say sympathetic, but understandable villain. Yeah, where it's deep. Like, he's yeah. deep in a way that we haven't seen. I, I guess the only other one that's sort of that deep would be maybe Killmonger. He has some pretty, yeah. pretty serious um, where, with, convictions behind him too. With that, they with him you you can under they made him a little bit more sympathetic. Where it's like his father was killed and he was abandoned in this terrible neighborhood. Yeah. Where that reality impacted him hugely. Where it's like okay, that there was a bit of sympathy there. Yeah. Where it's like his uncle killed his father, abandoned him. Yeah. And left him in this place that did not do well by him and got him to that point where it's, we need to militaristically strike at our oppressors and everybody. So he was deep and understandable, but sympathetic where the, a lot of early superhero movies, Magneto is, is sympathetic where it's, he, he suffered through the Holocaust or even as much as I don't like them, the first three Spider-Man movies, they made their villains a bit more, uh, like, sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanos... Sometimes to the detriment of the characters, but yeah. Big time. Yeah. Thanos, I'm like, I don't know if you're going for sympathy, but you're you're making me understand yeah. and see where this horrible motivation is coming from, but I can get it. So, here's the yes. question. Is Thanos, <laughs> is, was Thanos right? Oh, boy. <laughs> like, uh, no... No, of course he's no, not. No, right. of course he's not. Right. Okay, but here's the question: <laughs> Why not? Why? What is it about life that makes it wrong to mercy kill like that? What is right. it? What is it about Thanos that makes him unworthy to make that call? What is it about you know human dignity, or I guess you can go across the species because it's science fiction, you know, yeah. dignity of life that that makes it. That makes it so that you don't have the right to say that your death is better than the suffering that you're going through. I mean, that has that has huge implications for our society in the way that we understand life and death as well, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for one person to say, um, "I get to choose or not choose," like I, I get to enact this for the betterment of, of everything else. Well, and that. Uh, so what is it? Why not? Why is it not right? So I'd say it's not right in the sense of well, a couple things. We we're looking at. It's a single person mm-hmm. making a choice mm-hmm. for, within this movie, trillions of beings. Yeah. Where it's, you're you're then taking that choice away from everyone. Yeah. Where it's, he could debatably be right, but that doesn't mean you then get to choose to take away mm. that 
that option from everyone. I think one of one thing that might have made his position a little bit stronger, but he never even considered this as a possibility of him being one of the half that goes. That too. Right? Like, I mean, whether or not he snaps his finger and then disintegrates and <laughs> just falls next to where his power yeah. matches are. Or even if he had, like, they had said, what are you going to do after you succeed? He said, well, I'll just smile and watch the sunset or whatever and bask in the gratitude of the universe. He never says, well, the possibility is that I might not be around. You know, like, he never has that consideration. So he always, it seems like he never considers the idea that maybe he's one of the people that should go. And does, and this is where I'm not sure, like, the fact that he wasn't one of them, like, then how random is this? Yeah. Because he can even though he says, I am burdened with knowledge, like, is he honestly burdened with knowledge of the existence of every single of these trillions upon trillions of beings yeah. across the universe? Yeah. Or is it just because I've got the thing that's making it do it, like, I'm immune from this this off switch that I'm about to hit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think... I think the real reason that it's not right that he, he did it uh, comes comes from Loki's mouth uh, at the beginning of the movie which is you'll never be a, a god yeah right and, and, and I would say uh, assuming the reality of the Norse pantheon as aliens yeah uh, they're not gods either no right? what, well, what they are is extremely powerful beings that was have, a... have been worshipped on earth but nobody no mortal has the right to make those decisions uh, because they're not the creator. They're not yeah. the one who, who has that power, right? Well, that was also a point that Odin made, and I think it was even in Thor 2, where he said, we are not gods. Mm. We do die. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and even if they were eternal in some sense, Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean... Assuming that the universe happened by happenstance and, and mistake and genetic mutation and mm-hmm. evolution, and there's no will behind it of, of a true God yeah. who is the creator. Yeah. Um, well, at some level, no, no creature has the right to take authority in that way to kill others, but also no creature has the right to really judge somebody for doing that either because there's no moral yeah. reality in the universe, right? It's just sort of all of this is survival of the fittest, nature taking its course, accidental happenstance. So if I'm more powerful than you and I can kill you... Then why not? Well, why not? Who, who, yeah. Who's there to say that I shouldn't? Unless the rest of society can band against me and stop me, um, then it, it becomes just whoever, you know, might, might makes right mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. But if if there is if there is a god and, and I use that in the, the Judeo Christian sense of the word a god yeah. who is eternal a god who is created a god who is supreme a god who is not only all powerful to kill or create but a god who is uh, completely knowledgeable of what's mm-hmm. going on a god who is good in every sense of the word um, and and is trustworthy then nobody else like that that he's the only one that would be able to do that yeah. Um, and and I think it's it's I don't know if you picked up on this, but there's definitely some sort of thematic ties to the message of the gospel in this movie. Well, there's 
I think that's something they've been running with through a couple of the Avengers movies. Jill and I just rewatched Age of Ultron the other day, mm-hmm. and Ultron himself references scripture, I believe, two or three times. Yeah, I was talking about Noah's Ark and biblical and stuff, building but... it like this will be the foundation upon <clears throat> the rock, and then he also mentioned like I think tying into this. A little bit of foreshadowing where it's like extinction <coughs> level events like trust me god's gearing up for a stone where yeah there is i i definitely think there is some creation for sure stuff in this movie and one of the things i love about this and the original jurassic park and some of the stuff you get into it <laughs> is that that idea of playing god yeah well and and i think even more than that and the idea of playing god but Thanos' plan is ultimately to save the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in order to do so, he sacrifices his child. Yeah. Right? Um, and and I think... Uh, I'm pretty sure that's got to be an intentional um, theme from the Russo brothers and, and then Mark, Marcus McFeely, who wrote... I think he wrote the, the script. I think so, yeah. Um, you know, even just the way that Ebony Ma is portrayed as sort of a religious preacher kind of character. Yeah. Um, the, there's this... Yeah, there's this sort of gospel-y, um, and, and I would say false gospel-y again, uh, since, uh, idea of it. And, and and this is the way that, you know, a lot of people when they hear the message of God the Father sending God the Son into the world to be beaten and nailed to a cross and die for the sins of the world, uh, they hear that and they think it's, you know, the, the term that people throw around is cosmic child abuse, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's very much what Thanos is doing, right? In order to enact his plan of salvation, he... Has, he abuses this this child and, and, and then sacrifices her for mm-hmm. his purpose. And I mean, especially because my assumption is that Gamora is not going to stay dead but will be resurrected out of the, the um, soul gem as Adam Warlock was in the comics. And right. We've been kind of hinted at it in seeing her in Soul World in the movie. Uh, they're going to they're gonna use all these kind of things in, in the movie to, to reference the, the Christ story. But that's not what the Christ story is. The Christ story isn't an abusive, crazy God who no. thinks that he has the right to do whatever he wants to, who, who practices cosmic child abuse. And I, mean, and I can see people who are atheists or, you know, like the uh, the four horsemen of the new atheists, whatever, like Dawkins and those guys, right. saying these kinds of things about God. Um, but the story is different in the, you know, in, in, in the Bible. The story of, of Christianity and the story of, of the gospel, the story of God being the creator and the, mm-hmm. the ultimate judge of all life is not is not the story of Thanos and, and no. It's a different story. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I mean, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, are equally one, right? And they've been eternally together forever and together made this decision to save the world through the exactly. sacrifice of Christ. Christ was a willing participant. He's not a, a child who's been beaten his whole life and is therefore following his father in some sort of misguided love or, or even being thrown off a cliff like Gamora was. They're, yeah. they're God together. And, well, and so his sacrifice was internally and uh, even he part even, of that. He, he knew he chose willingly to go along because he knew he knew it was necessary. This mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. And then he still went through even as he as it's gearing up to go down, be like, if at all possible, take this cup from me. Yeah. And then when it wasn't, it wasn't like, well, I'm angry. Like, okay. let's do this. So, I mean, but then it, that, that kind of begs the question too, though. Like, what about, we don't have a right as, as creatures to decide that other people shouldn't 
be alive and, and you know if it helps our existence um, we have the right to wipe them out or, or wipe others out um, why does God get to do that why does God I mean people die all the time people suffer you yeah. know why do some people suffer and some people don't where, where does God's um, goodness play into that and how do we how do we uh, navigate that in this question what do you think <laughs> Dang, Steve. Um, well, I've, I've had some conversations with, with people at work recently where it's like, uh, we we were never promised, never told in any way, shape, or form that the walk or life would be easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout scripture, there is more evidence to the contrary than, than to... Uh, well, if you pray hard enough and you submit enough money, you'll have rims on your rims or any of that. Best life now. Best life now. Uh, self-help ideology. <laughs> garbage, 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 garbage. Yep. Uh, like, heck, when you look at the apostles, you look at the life of the Savior. Like, he was homeless. He was beaten. He slept on rocks. He slept outside. Like, he didn't have a house or a cushy job or anything when you look at Jonah when you look at any of the believer's life or nine times out of ten any believer in scripture they go through they go through trouble they go through struggle they go through torture but God is there he uses it for their benefit for Paul with Paul with uh, Joseph and so many others while they're in tor- while they're in prison like he uses them to communicate his love his message with people there through through these awful experiences that we all go through as much as we wish and don't always understand why the lord is having us go through them like there is something good that will come from it after as much as it sucks to live through yeah but why why does god have the right to do that oh at the end of the day he made us yeah and also part of it is I might not fully understand. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important part. Of it. Yeah, where it's like I I don't get it. I can't pretend to get it. Yeah. Where so, uh, someone asked me the other day, they're like, "If you were God," where I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna have a lot of trouble answering this question." Because <laughs> not. Because I'm not, and I should never be. Yeah. Uh, someone's like, "Would you allow like all the sufferings that you've gone through, or other people to go through?" Where I'm like, "I'd like to say no." My, the Lord has built me, I feel, to be very empathetic yeah. towards people. So automatically I'm like, no, I, I'd, I'd not want that on, on people. I don't want suffering on people. But then at the same point, and I'm getting off track, but I'm just going to keep going. Like, <laughs> I've learned from the mistakes that I've made. I've learned from the suffering that God's allowed me to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if I took that stuff away, I would not be who I am. Mm-hmm. We as a species, for better or for worse, and I'd say for worse, would not be mm-hmm. <laughs> who we are. As the church, we wouldn't be who we are. Yeah. Going through our growing pains, our necessary growing pains, and our pruning, mm-hmm. and our not our ongoing sanctification process. Yeah. Like, we need that bad stuff where we don't understand where it's like even though on that level I understand when you look at some of the horrible things going across the world where I'm like Lord I don't get why you've allowed this to happen Mm -hmm. 
why are we having another like yeah. week where there's a school shooting? Why is this happening well, still? And, and so here's here's the thing about this, right? You know, the the narrative of the Bible is that human suffering uh, is a result of the fact that God created us and said, this is what it means for you to live a flourishing life as a human, follow my ways and things will be good. Mm-hmm. And we said, screw you, God, I'm going to do things my way. Yeah. Uh, and and because we've done that, and we've not only rebelled against the creator, uh, who, I mean, you're just talking about, you know, the, your refrigerator in your kitchen that died, <laughs> right? And, you know, your refrigerator doesn't do what it's supposed to do. You throw it out and get a new one or get someone to come in and fix it, right? Like, that's, yeah. you don't, person who created or owns something has absolutely the right to expect that it's going to function the way that it was created to, to function, yeah. right? And and we've we've said, God, no, we're not going to. And 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 God has God has said, okay, uh, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to not turn you into robots. I'm going to give you the the freedom to act as, as free moral agents, um, and I'm not going to hold you back from that. And, he allows and, us to live with our consequences. Yeah, and, and yeah. so not only do school shootings and stuff, you know, bombings of churches and, yeah. and school, uh, well, I'm going to school bus accident right now, but like those kind of active evil happening on the earth, that is a result of human sin. Mm-hmm. That's not on God. No. God, God could prevent that, and I'm sure does prevent a lot of things that we'll never know about. Yes. Um, you know, works through history to defeat the Nazis and all, all kinds of awful things that, that could have been much worse that God has been at work at but he he lets us go on our sin because we've chosen to reject him yeah but also the Bible says that because we've chosen to reject him not only are we as humans uh, ruining each other's lives and, and hurting each other but the whole creation order is breaking down because uh, because of our sin you know God created the world and the universe and all of the things that are supposed to be good weather and and you know, uh, and and because we've rejected God and we've sort of infected this whole created order with decay, mm-hmm. uh, things like you know the humble bus crash and you know tsunamis and 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 natural disasters like volcanoes and stuff. You know, people die and suffer and experience poverty in their lives and they experience futility in trying to work and they experience uh, hurt in relationships because we've we've tainted the created order, right? That's it's breaking down. The Bible says that the the world and creation is is longing for redemption. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, that's in Romans. Um and so all of that suffering in the world is on us. Right? It's on it's on humans. Which means that we And we don't we don't like that. Yeah. We, we like to have our cake and eat it too. We don't like the consequences that comes with our actions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in some sense humans have too low of a, a view of human nature where we think, you know, like, like Thanos, you know, death is, is better than suffering. Yeah. Um, and if I can, I mean, whether you're committing genocide and think their death is going to prevent my suffering, whether you're, um, and I want to say this with sensitivity, but, you know, because I know that a lot of women who have abortions are, are, are really in a hard place, but, mm-hmm. you know, ending a, a pregnancy, killing a baby for their own, you know, because it would make their life easier, um, or committing murder, or, or committing, you know, suicide, you know, we're saying that my suffering, uh, my, this human life, my human life, their human life isn't worth the suffering that it'll cause otherwise. Um, we have too low of a, hum- a view of humanity, but also we have too high a view of humanity because we think uh, we deserve good things. We deserve uh, pleasure. We deserve um, 
satisfaction. We deserve our best life now, as you've already referenced, Joel Osteen. Um, <laughs> we deserve all these good things, but really, it's we our We deserve fault. our smiling sunrise shot yeah. at the end of the movie. Well, exactly, <laughs> but we don't. We, yeah. we, we and, and, and I've never committed genocide. I've never committed murder. I've never done all these things we've talked about, but uh, every time I'm selfish and hurt my wife, mm-hmm. you know, I'm contributing a little bit to that um, that breakdown, moral breakdown of the universe, right? Yeah. And I, I, I reject God's ways in my life, and in small ways, big ways, they're all it's all part of it, right? And mm-hmm. so I don't deserve good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we need to understand that as humanity. So where the idea of trusting God comes into that is, though we don't deserve good things. And God could stay up, you know, in heaven or, you know, he's everywhere. But, you know, if God can sort of stay separate from us and can say, well, I tried and they screwed it up. So screw them. They'll, they'll go do their thing. Uh, he entered into that story as, as a human and suffered for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the story of Jesus is not an abusive father throwing his daughter or son off the cliff. But God himself, God, the son coming down into the mess of human history to suffer in our place, mm-hmm. though it's not his fault. It's our fault. Uh, he entered that suffering to suffer for us so that some could be rescued from that suffering mm-hmm. um, through through the forgiveness that he offers and the sacrifice that he made. And um, the undeserved. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. With that, and that's something I've said to someone else where we've gotten a co- like this kind of broader conversation where it's like, well, is it fair that God allows suffering? I was like, I can straight up say it's not fair that we're offered forgiveness. Yeah. Because we don't deserve it. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do ever to earn that forgiveness. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, as Christians, we're told in the Bible that because we have been forgiven by, by putting our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus for our sins, um, we're going to not just go to heaven and float around like, you know, like you'd see in The Simpsons or an old Disney cartoon or like, you know, Looney Tunes cartoon, but yeah. that heaven and earth are going to be recreated and we're going to live here for eternity with God and, and resurrection bodies that are mm-hmm. perfect without sin, without suffering, without sadness. Um, but there are some who aren't going to experience that. There are many who aren't going to experience yeah. that, are going to suffer for all of eternity away from God and, and suffer through his wrath and, and hell. Um, and and I that's probably the one teaching in the Bible that I struggle with the most and, and, and dislike you yeah know, I, I wish that it wasn't true no well yeah uh, but I, I have to what I have to remember in that is that's what I deserve yeah um, that's what that's what all of us deserve for rebelling against our creator and, and mm-hmm. messing the world up um, and the fact that because I've been given this gift of faith and grace I'm not going to be part of that isn't anything about me being better than anybody else it's no. just like you were saying, something that I didn't deserve. Yeah. And it's the goodness of God. And you know, why doesn't he save everybody? I don't know. No. Um, but but he, he doesn't need to save any of us, and he has. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, and there's just so many parallels here, I think, between this false gospel of Thanos and this true gospel of, the, of Jesus mm-hmm. uh, that I think are so interesting. Um, but the, the narrative and the, the story of the Bible is so much more beautiful, as much as I enjoyed Infinity War, uh, <laughs> well, than what Thanos was preaching. I was going to say, one thing I, I kind of liked is I'm starting to see, um, and thankfully also through shout out to Hector, Hector Mire with Faith and Fandom, who sees the biblical allegories and messages and a lot more comic book characters and other things than I do. But with biblical allegory, for the most part, especially in comic book movies, I'm like, all right, it's for the most part isolated in Superman. And especially the super enjoyable, but also super flawed Superman Returns. <laughs> where there's or Spider-Man stopping the train his arms stretched out <laughs> in Spider-Man 2. Or even Spider-Man Homecoming where he's doing the same thing, but yeah. 
with the boat. Or but in su- things like there's those those bus ads yeah. for, for Deadpool too that are just straight up making fun of it, and he's got his arms stretched out, and the ad says the second coming. So I mean, like, see that I a lot of the stuff with uh, Deadpool too, just because I didn't see that. Yeah. Like I've I've seen stuff since. Yeah, well, it's just the movie a, where it's like the ad campaign. I was like, I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that was just yeah. an aside. Like there are different ways that it gets yeah. referenced too. With uh, and yeah, Superman Returns has one of my favorite scenes with that like with that allegory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool to see that happening more and more in in movies because it, it can be a way to engage. And it's if you want to see a really weird Christ allegory in the comics, you should read the old Cap or um, Adam Warlock. Comics. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's it's like a straight up Jesus Christ superstar story. Star story. Superstar story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like he he gets sent down to rescue Counter Earth from the Man Beast at, from by the High Evolutionary, and he actually gets crucified and comes back to life. Like it's like oh calms the storm while his people are asleep on the boat. Like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like wow. That. But anyway. Yeah. Um, See, I'm just like, yeah, I'm used to the Superman one, and especially mm-hmm. in Superman Returns, where there's uh, the scene where. He goes up into space after having the conversation with Lois, yeah. or, or right before he has the conversation with Lois, played by Kate Bosworth, being like, you say the world doesn't need a savior, but why do I hear them crying out for one every day? Yeah. And then there's this great shot of him going into space, just in the upper atmosphere, yeah. and listening and hearing all the cries and everything, where I'm like, dang. And then I think, even in Man of Steel, you get the shot of him flowing, like floating out into space with the arms out, like yeah, the yeah. crucifixion pose. Well, and, and even and this is the thing about Batman vs Superman that's interesting. Um, I I not I don't really care that it's not a great movie. Because I'm not as big of a DC fan, um, <laughs> but my friend Alec really likes it. He's a comic. He used to manage the comic book store that I go to. Uh, he's not a Christian, but he he sees it as if God or Superman existed and came to save the human world, like like save humanity this is exactly how they would respond to him they would mm-hmm. not trust him they would not like him yeah uh, and so there's a christ analogy in there too right like yeah in terms of uh the way they react to this man who's who's trying to love them and save them and yeah them. which um, was something i loved with the original marketing of man of steel mm-hmm. and e- even uh, to give credit to batman superman which is something i don't often do because the movie's <laughs> terrible um yeah, no, I loved the thing in the Man of Steel trailers and in the movie itself, where it's like Superman shows up and the U.S. government and military is instantly distrustful because, of course, they would be. Yeah. And then in Man of Steel and Batman Superman as well, like you got people who are openly thankful and embracing of him, but then you've got other people like, what gives you the right to try to save anybody? What gives you the right to go to a different country and? Yeah, yeah. Do this, and even even like that that it reflects the story definite of Jesus allegory in yeah. terms of people sort of worshipped him and followed Jesus who didn't really believe in him properly, right? Like they they were just thankful for the things that he did for them that he was going to feed them, you know, miraculously, and and they thought that he would maybe be the king who would overthrow the Romans. But when he started talking about loving sacrificially yourself and about um, you know being made new, you know, and, and living like him, people were like, nah, forget this, I'm out of here, right? So yeah. there's this sort of false worship because of humans just wanting somebody who can come and do things for them as opposed to being being willing to follow, you know, Jesus himself. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're, we're kind of beyond our original discussion <laughs> that we wanted to talk about. It's yeah. interesting stuff, but yeah, um, yeah I think that was a, a cool conversation about 
just sort of the philosophical and theological implications of, of what Thanos is talking about. Definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, Steve, thank you so much for uh, spearheading that a bit. Because yeah, no nine times out of ten, like we're like, all right, let's talk. It'll be me suggesting something, and we'll we'll go with that, or it'll be like, yeah, sure, or it'll be like, let's talk about the movie because the movie just came out. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. But this was this was a great one, and thank you for submitting it. And wait, submitting it <laughs> and suggesting, uh, it. suggesting it. And dear listener, we hope you enjoyed. Let us know in the comments what do you think, um, especially if you're a Christian. Like, what's your perspective on was Thanos right or suffering in the world or this got heavy? So. And I, I also want to say, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, yeah. uh, I would just say to you as well, the things that we talked about, about the, the message of Jesus and his, his plan for salvation um, by dying for us, mm-hmm. these are things that Chris and I take very seriously and have built yeah. our life around. Um, and, and we believe with all of our heart. And I want you to know that God loves you. And, uh, and this offer of salvation is available to you if you'll just believe that, that Christ died in your place, that you deserve that death, that punishment for your sins. And, and then he rose again to give you new life. And if you'll just trust him and follow him, that you can be a Christian too. And, and not in the cultural sense, but be someone who's been forgiven by God and a child of God. Um, so if you want to know more about that, please contact, contact us for sure. Absolutely. And if you'd like to hear more about that as well, uh, you can be sure to check out Forward Baptist website. They keep a collection of the sermons. That's a great place to mm-hmm. learn more about. ForwardBaptist.com. ForwardBaptist.com. I, I've got you guys listed as a link on the places to check out on the 2099 uh, One Cross Street website. So be sure to do that. And I pray that you'll consider... If you're a dear listener, if you're not a Christian, but you're hearing this, I pray that you will hear what Steve just said and and give it great thought and be open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, God is amazing, and we 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 don't deserve to be saved, but we want the world to be as well. Mm-hmm. So, with all that in mind, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and please get in contact with us. And also, as always, please uh, share this if you can and subscribe as well. Hope you have a wonderful day, and God bless, my friends. Take care. God bless.